I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado. With me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram Ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. We've had a discussion topic on the table for many months. Everybody's coming to the Enneagram. From different places, different points of experience and knowledge and depth, what do you suggest you do if you uh, are just getting into the Enneagram, if you've been here for a while? This this sort of question comes up all the time, yeah? Sure, yeah. The, uh, the now what? The now what? Especially for people like, like it, it's really easy to say to beginners, the, the thing you should do is read this book. But for people yep. who, you know, have read the book, now what? One of the reasons that you and I, in fact, are writing a book is because sometimes just handing people a book is quite confusing. Yeah. I think through all the books that have been written, and aside from the ones that are just going through, here's what your type looks like, the next Now What book, I'm not exactly sure what to necessarily hand somebody. Sure. Yeah. My man, that is an opportunity is what that's called. Right. You may have seen the title of this podcast. We're going to do a series on steps. Some of, for me, some of the most helpful ways of thinking about jumping into a discipline, into a program, into any topic where there's depthy, depthy understanding, it's Mm -hmm. super helpful to say, focus here first for a while. Right. And then let's go to the next thing. For me, it's personal finance. Personal finance is enormously complicated. I mean, you can can spend countless years. Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, you could. Get PhD level education in personal finance. I assume. Right. I think that's. I think that's true. I. I have no idea. I'm. I'm on the other end of that. That spectrum of personal finance of like, eh. I pay my bills. That's. That's pretty <laughs> much all. That's all I think about it. <laughs> the six in me wants to jump up and say, "You're going to get taken advantage of by the system." <laughs> the six in my house says the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I'm not a six. Um, for me. Having something down on paper that's just, here are the handful of things that you should think about is is really helpful. So whether it comes to exercise or diet or personal finance or car maintenance or I don't know, like uh, in my discipline, I know philosophy, I know exactly like here's where you start, this is the next thing, here's the third thing, and then you move through. Sure. Do you have any space, like anything, any other topics that jump to mind on that? I mean, pretty much all of them, like anything, (laughs) well, (laughs) and and, like they... There's a really big difference between just collecting information about something. Like you can become really knowledgeable on something that you never need to use the, the knowledge. Mm-hmm. But if you actually want to, like, like if there's an application for the knowledge that you're trying to do. So yeah, car maintenance is a good uh, example. I'm a professional barista. Knowing things about coffee is really important. And knowing how to use that knowledge is also very important. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's, you know, there's lots of things out there like that. 
there you go. One of my favorite YouTube series is on the culinary arts. And it's like, here's how you make steaks for beginners. Mm -hmm. If you want to take the next step, the intermediate step, this is what you would do. Right. And if you want a lesson by a professional, this is what it looks like. Right. And, and all of the uh, YouTubes are built that way. It's like, here are the tiers. And it's just one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Steaks, hamburgers, macaroni and cheese. You know, they yeah. go through everything. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And I never ever do the advanced like, nah, it's way too much time way too many tools not for me the advanced step requires you know some some investment but i don't have a gas stove right it's one thing to make a steak it's another thing to have to buy a uh, cast iron skillet in order to make a steak a certain way and you gotta temper that sucker what do you call it season it yeah you gotta have the five steps of sharpening the knife right too much it's all the things just give me your intermediate steak. That's, that's good. <laughs> but luckily, Enneagram work is mostly free. <laughs> this is true. It, all it costs is your entire focus, time. Which also helps with the uh, personal finance side of things. Right. Full circle. <laughs> that's right. You're not going to be blowing money just on because you're bored on, on Amazon. Right. And you can do that, but you don't have to. Getting healthy ends up being a focus for many of us when we come to Enneagram because that might actually be the thing that why we got into this in the first place is something broke. We we're trying to find a lifeline anywhere. And this was the thing that we grabbed hold of. And it's like, oh, that actually is meeting me where I'm at. And there's a bunch of steps programs that are of that sort. So right. AA obviously is a 12 step program or being able to talk about the steps of grief can be real helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, that idea of steps, just uh, you're going to move from here to here to here and get that sense. Okay, I'm moving. I'm going someplace. I yeah. like that. Yeah. And that's where um, one of the more famous versions of this is Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps for Personal Finance. And his whole thing is all about motivation and energy. And you start very small. You get a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger. You, you feel that movement and it you know, grabs hold of you. Right. Much like learning math in school, like this beginning step helps prepare you for the next step, which helps prepare you for the next step, and you build habits as you go. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of habits, another book of this sort is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I don't know if, like, for, for those who are my generation and older, this was, this was like the best-selling book on earth for seven years. Sure. It was just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they had stores, you know, and malls that were based around uh, Stephen Covey's work. Sure. I've seen it. Some of these habits, one of them in particular, he wrote a whole book on making first things first because routinely nobody was doing that step, but he thought it was the most important. Uh -huh. <laughs> so he's like, okay, y'all, we need to knuckle down on this step. <laughs> I'll be curious if that might be a thing for us if uh, as we go through our steps. Cool. We are going to save all the steps and unveil them in due course and probably do maybe a summarizing, concluding all of it in one place kind of podcast at the end. So those of you who are hoping that we would tell you the steps right now <laughs> and that you wouldn't have to listen to anything more because you just figure it out on your own, that's not going to happen. You have to wait. There's something about focus and really driving down into the thing. Yeah. Yep. That could be valuable. There's no shortcuts here, threes. Uh, fortunately, I think for all of us, wherever we're at, we can jump into step number one. And we're going to call this step number one, know your type. Yeah. That seems real basic. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Some of you who are just getting into Enneagram, if you don't know this, we have a series 
It starts on October 15th of 2021. It's just an intro to typing. So if you haven't typed yourself, that's a great place to start. Knowing your type matters. Like the whole Enneagram says that there's nine ways of coming to the world, seeing the world, being in the world, nine big motives that propel our action and giving a name to your motive really matters. But as TJ and I know, and as you can probably see in the over 200 hours of podcasts we've done, it just goes and goes and goes. Right. There are depths to be plumbed here. Yeah, there's not a bottom to this well that we have found yet. This first step is going to be unique in that we're going to break it up into tiers because some of you know your type and have studied your type at certain levels, and we're just going to go through those and just talk about here are the you know, the nine or so big topics in your type that really just are desirous of your attention. So, so that's where we're going. You got, you got thoughts before we roll? If you have just done a test and you think you know what your type is, but you, you don't know that much about the Enneagram, there's, there's lots of resources out there. Uh, Suzanne Stabile has some great Know Your Number material where she goes through every type. And uh, we have, there's lots of books out there. Our, our favorite intro book is The Road Back to You. There's a lot of material out there, but this is the point where you might want to invest a little bit more into sort of second tier material. Uh, yep. So we're like we're we're, we're going to talk about some of the things that we think are the the most important to know about your type, and a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily covered in the very most basic material. So so get ready. There's some good stuff here. I would suggest having a paper and pen at the ready because we're going to fly through a lot of stuff in mm -hmm. this podcast. So, so it may just, uh, just in case we're going to be naming some of the series that we've done, we're going to name some of the big ideas in one sentence, but we're going to shotgun you with information here on uh, some of this introductions to your type material. But what we've done with this first step, name your type is divided up into four tiers. In our minds, there's levels of mastery, of education, what would you call that? Study, yeah, that works. Yeah, of knowledge, it's like a psych one hundred and one versus a psych two hundred and one. Yeah, it's just a different level. If you're just getting into this, there's three big parts to your type that you should study. The first is your type. You should jump in. What is my type? What are the the elements of my motive? Am I motivated to make the world better? To get love? To be appraised? To feel my uniqueness in the world? Many of you have already jumped into Enneagram material. You, you know that your type is a certain number and some of the details there. That's right. a place to start. And, and what words do people use to describe your type? There are, there are a lot of names given to the types, and, and we, don't, we don't necessarily like the names, but they, they, are, they can be useful to help, to help point you in a direction. So like the Peacemaker is, is a great thing to know about how we describe nines because that's that's a essential part of who we are but it's not everything about who we are so yep. like knowing the names knowing the words that people use to talk about the each type like if you don't if you can't explain the general idea of your type to another person you should probably you know figure that out get the elevator pitch down Second topic on the first tier is your stance. This is a something really worth naming and being aware of is how do I get what I want in the world? It's really what stance is about. It's here is my way 
of getting what I want most. And putting a name to that can be incredibly helpful. Right. Yeah, there's there's only three stances, and the, the nine types are, are fall into one of those three. And yep. th- th- this is one of the places where you could stay on stance forever. You, you could stay here and do this work for the rest of your life because there's so much going on in, in how stance affects us and affects our personalities and our behaviors and just really getting into that and, and getting comfortable with the reality of it. Like there, there are a lot of people who don't like the fact of their stance and you just, you got to get used to it and, and be aware of it and see it and, and, and just, just own it. The shorthand here is that threes, sevens and eights are aggressive in getting what they want in the world. Ones, twos, and sixes earn what they want in the world, and fours, fives, and nines withdraw to get what they want in the world. There is so much we could say about that, but that's a shorthand for what stance is and how it materializes in each of the numbers. And really getting your mind around that and what that means for you, that's that's one of those tier one kind of topics. Right. And each of these uh, stances represent something that, that we kind of struggle with. So do you struggle with understanding how you feel and how you affect other people? Then you're probably an aggressive type, and you need to know that about yourself. Do you struggle with thinking productively? You're probably an earner or a reactive type. You need to know that about yourself because it makes a big difference. Do you struggle with doing things that you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do them? You're probably a withdrawn type, and that's something you need to know about yourself. And you're going to have a really hard time moving forward in your work on yourself if you don't really pay attention to these, to to what thing you struggle with the most. Mm. Last of the tier one kind of topics is your underlying feeling. I think it's super important to name whether or not you filter the world through fear, through anger, or through shame. All of our types are associated with one of those underlying feelings, and it colors a lot of how we come to the world in relationships. Eights, nines, and ones are going to struggle with anger. Twos, threes, and fours will struggle with shame and relational anxiety. Five, sixes, and sevens are all going to have a struggle with fear. Um, uh, and knowing those things, these two things in terms of your oppressed center and stance um, and your underlying feeling, the thing you struggle with, these, these can be really helpful if you're just getting started. This is probably where some of your energy should go, just being able to name that because when you name something, it gives you control. And that seems to me... That's a, that's a great place to jump in. Yeah. You got yeah. thoughts on underlying feeling? Don't forget that like all of us have experiences with each of these things. All of us have felt anger. All of us have felt fear. All of us have felt shame or, or emotional anxiety or, or even sadness at some point in our lives. Like the, these are normal human emotions. And if you haven't felt them, you're probably a robot. But if you're not a robot you have dealt with some of these things and it's important to know that the three types are sort of anchored to one of these things. Ace nines and ones really like anger is a real part of their lives. That's constantly present. It's not just that they get angry when things happen that they don't like. It's, it's, it's a regular part of how they experience the world. 
Uh, same thing for twos, threes, and fours with uh, shame or emotional uh, or relational anxiety. Like th- this is part of their filter. Same thing with fives, sixes, and sevens and fear. Like th- this is a driving force behind these types. And that is the part that we need to focus on. Two recommendations here if you're getting into these topics. The first is, I believe the very first podcast we have posted right now is on Stance. So if that's where you're at, you want to jump into Stance, that's got a lot of material. The second would be uh, the author, Suzanne Stabile, released a book recently called The Journey Toward Wholeness. And really, it's about these three topics, Mm -hmm. um, about your type, your stance, and your underlying feeling. Lots of great wisdom in that book really worth diving into if you haven't gotten a chance to read that book right brings us to tier two let's do it tier two we're going to get a little bit more complicated there are three big topics that we think need to be engaged next once you really have a handle on that first tier and these are intelligence center coping style and the move towards stress and security so starting with intelligence center this comes off of our underlying feeling and how we take in the world. And being able to name your type and how you take in the world matters because it colors a lot of what the Enneagram says. So Intelligence Center is divided into eight, nine, and one who bring in the world through their intuitions, through their gut center, two, threes, and fours that bring in the world through their heart or their emotional center and five, sixes, and sevens that bring in the world through their head or their intellectual center. Um, you got thoughts on jumping into that? Yeah, this is this is an, a sort of interdisciplinary concept, the, the idea that we are, we are a three-part person, that, that we, have, uh, we all have hearts and, and emotional and relational centers and how we understand the world uh, through our connectedness, that we all have a head that processes data and information and, and observation, and, and we have our, our body, our gut, uh, how, how our, our physical place in the world, and also just a, a general sense that we can't really put a name to our, our intuitions and, and understanding that these three things have an interaction. And one of them is, is going to be primary eights, nines and ones. We, we primarily deal with our, our body and when, as we take in and then understand the world around us and for all of the other types, that is not a primary understanding of the world for them. So for all of us, understanding that these three things are in play at different levels of how we interact with the world that that's what this is about your head your heart and your gut they they all play a part in your life and one of them is going to be primary second topic would be how we solve problems this has been the most helpful i've probably said this way too many times on this podcast this has been the most helpful thing for me this year of just being able to name how our type solves problems. This is often called coping style, or at least we consistently call it coping style. Not a lot of literature on this yet, um, but well worth diving into some of our podcasts on this. Again, that's one of our first podcasts is on coping style, and it comes up all the time in, in, uh, in the stuff that we talk about. But each of the types shut down part of themselves in order to solve problems. So ones, threes, and fives all will shut down their emotions in order to solve problems logically. Two sevens and nines will all 
pull back action and elevate positivity. They take on a positive outlook when coming to to the world. And fours, sixes, and eights will all kind of shut down their mental side and really push towards trying to get an emotional reaction from the people around them. And this is a problem-solving technique, and we see it across the numbers, and that's really worth diving into. You got thoughts on coping style? Yeah, I I think this is this is one of the things that like once you start to really understand this, this makes such a big difference in how you interact with other people. Like like understanding this, like your coping style, how how you solve your problems. Yep. It it just it gives such a great picture, like a, a a clearer way of, of, of seeing how this actually operates in the real world. There's, there's real, very practical value to understanding your coping style. We'll talk more about relationships in the future, but really if you want one tool for elevating your relationships, this has been it for me in terms of understanding other people. Uh, the last topic on tier two is stress and security. If you have seen the Enneagram circle, which looks like, a triangle having sex with a pentagram. There is movement apparently taking place. That's that's uh what that's here. It's his joke. Um, there's movement and and there's like the arrows are going this way and that way and and apparently when things happen in my life, sometimes I take on the attributes, the characteristics, the qualities, the tools of other numbers. And you'll notice how that's a little bit more complicated, but incredibly helpful. Yep. Uh, what, anything we're saying about that topic? Yeah, uh, so uh, I think there's two really important things to note here. There are There's a lot of teaching from the early days of Enneagram teaching. Yep. It sort of presents these with the idea that this is uh, health and unhealth. Like when, when you start to get really unhealthy, you move toward your stress number. And when you start to get healthy, you move toward your security number. We think that is a very incorrect way of understanding these, that there are tools available to help keep you alive when you are in stress, which you will experience throughout your life. Yep. The security move is less about survival and more about like like getting back to true center. And 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 it's not health, it's security. It's like when when you feel like you know what's going on, that's a move to security. When you're when you don't know what's going on, that's a move to stress. And that can be healthy or unhealthy. So I don't think I've thought through what the nature of security is aside from I've gotten what I want and apparently when I have what I want, I change. Sure. I need to think through that. I know what stress is about evolutionarily and, you know, why it's so important to our, you know, not just survival, but emotionally navigating a difficult world. Why do we have a security move? That's it. That's, I got to think on that one. There you go. Apparently, I'm at tier two. <laughs> <laughs> well, because for me, it's kind of like, like a like a a cheat day on a diet. Okay, right, I, sure. I this isn't a great example for me because I don't do diets. But like, if you're if you're doing really well on a diet and you have a cheat day, like that cheat day, it it's about having something sort of extravagant potentially. Mm-hmm. Like if you get, if you get to have cheesecake, you don't want to have cheesecake all of the time because cheesecake is too much, it's going to make you unhealthy and and it's going to, you know, change the way your body works in in not good ways. But having cheesecake every once in a while is great. It makes you happy. It's 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 fun. It's good for you. 
you can't live in cheesecake, but you can go get it sometimes. We will come back to security actually in our steps. So I'm going to think on this till we get there. Okay. Uh, but there is something to that. The, the gift that is our security number. I've heard uh, lots of people will talk about our stress number as a gift. Right. That we would get stuck in excess if we didn't have our stress number. Right. But our security number is a gift also in a different kind of way. Agreed. I'm going to think through that. Yeah. If you are unfamiliar with stress and security, there end up being a handful of resources that I would highly recommend. One, we did a fantastic series with Suzanne Stabile on stress that is uh, timestamped July 10th, 2020. Well worth finding. If you want to get into security and even the downside of security, uh, my favorite series that we've done was our villain series, which starts on August 27th of 2020. We're going to talk about the low side of security there, but we do cover security. So if you're just getting into stress and security, those might be great places to start. The idea of us being body, mind, and heart is something TJ and I talked about quite a bit in a series that started on April 8th of 2021. I love that series. That I learned so much in just yeah. thinking through our how each of the types come to their body, their mind, and their heart, and that's really a tier two topic. And the last one, probably the best book out there of the last 50 years, is Riso and Hudson's Wisdom of the Enneagram. And I think especially with stress... In security, they do some great work. Uh, on Intelligence Center, they do some great work. And if you want to focus on just your type in those spaces, well worth diving into, um, even though TJ and I reject the idea, the language of integration and disintegration. Right. There's, there's really lots to like about their descriptions of how people can um, behave at the high side of security and the low side of stress. Yeah. That's why I got for recommendations. We're moving. Yeah. Tier three. Each tier gets more complicated. It's the way it should be, right? That's right. One of the severe missteps in terms of complication is I think a lot of times we start off with our wings. And for me, I think wing, wings make things muddy and should probably set aside for about this time. Agreed. Wings are an invitation to balance. Uh, mm -hmm. We haven't done any work on wings uh, aside from uh, given some of our answers in our 20 questions everybody asks about the Enneagram, but... Right. You got you got some uh, what's the deep around the circle insight on wings? Well, I'll I'll repeat one of my answers in the from the uh, twenty questions is that I I think wings are simultaneously more and less important than uh, we give a lot of than than a lot of the credit that's ascribed to them because like it, they're they're ever present so basic on on wings is that the two numbers on either side of you are your wings so for nines the eights and ones are the wings yep so like if you only ever use your right arm then that's going to sort of affect how how you behave in the world like some people can only turn left you know and that that means <laughs> something <laughs> <laughs> that that means something about their personality and how they navigate the world, but it's not like the core of who they are. And so wings are are that you you get access to some traits that are available to you on either side. And the reason that I think it's less important is because that's just a a truth about each of your types that that you have access to both things on either side of you. Very basic. And, and the more part is that you can actually do work to develop 
your wings and and it's good and healthy and like there's there's a theory out there that that you s- spend the first half of your life leaning onto one wing and then in the second half you start to draw in the other wing and and I think if you really like if you really want to do good work you you work on developing both of your wings so that you have access to both of those tools all the time in my mind wings are about saving you from excess they're one of the places that each of our types when we push into our wings they remove us just like our stress number they remove us from excess and our type so for example i'm a one i can get highly perfectionistic and be very task oriented if i push into my two wing i elevate my relationships and helping others and valuing others over and above the task at hand if i push into my nine side i engage my peacemaking conflict um resistant side which means i really um iron out some of the sharp spaces that I can push into when I'm trying to get the job done. Those two wings bring balance. Those two wings allow me to not live in excess. And it seems to me, and we'll talk about this extensively as we go through each of these steps, the maturity, maturity in Enneagram. This this may be the target, might be the only target for Enneagram. Maturity is about balance. Yep. If you need just one big idea, that's what it is. Yep. What does it look like for you to be a mature, healthy human being, heart, mind, and body? And all of it's about balance. Not sure that the Enneagram offers a whole lot more than that. Except for deep insights into Star Wars characters, which, <laughs> which you can also I don't find. think the Enneagram <laughs> offers that. I think we <laughs> offer that. <laughs> We're bringing something to the world. Um, second on Tier 3 would be affect. I save this because I think affect is a depthy rich man i want to hold out the dessert for kind of this spot Mm, sure affect is about how you connect to the world lots of great work done on this chris heritz's book um the sacred enneagram dr david daniel's work he starts with affect right saying that this is really where the enneagram points but the rich way that we connect with other people's being able to name that and being able you know to give language to what we are offering others and what we expect uh, can be very valuable. Agreed. Each type connects with the world in a certain way. Twos, fives, and eights connect to the world by offering something, whether it's wisdom or strength or help, and they all expect rejection in relationships. And that, that dynamic is just alive in how that, those three types move into relationships. Three sixes and nines will attach to relationships that give them what they want. This is both with jobs, with other people. It can even be with cars. You know, it's like this thing is what gives me attention. This gives me control. This gives me security. The negative side can be that there is a pragmatic side to three sixes and nines, and they often detach from relationships when they don't get what they want on those fronts. And the last group are the idealists, one, fours, and sevens. They are moving forward. They have like some vision of how the world should be, and they are pulling people into that vision. This can be quite helpful, but when they're unable to get there, they can feel frustrated, and that frustration comes out in their relationships. So those are the three triads. Uh, You got thoughts on affect? Yeah, this is one of those ones that, like, I, I'm glad we saved this for tier three because it, it, if you 
start here? It's going to be hard. This is, this is a hard road to start on uh, because there's there's so much to understand here. And once once you sort of have the base level, the base layer uh, laid out and and you're understanding a little bit more about your type and, and what you want and, and how you get the things that you want, this this all starts to make a little bit more sense. Um, I, I, I think it's like at tier three, like this, this is a way of really understanding some of the the sort of depthier things about about who you are, what you want, and and how you get the things that you want. Lastly, in tier three is orientation to time. We have two orientations to time. This is something that's just being discovered. When you take in the world, you take in the world through either the past, present, or future. When you respond to the world, you respond with tools that are future-oriented, present-oriented, or past-oriented. All the types are different on this front, and they relate to your stance and your intelligence center. So if you are a heart type, you take the world in through the past. If you're a head type, five, six, seven, you're going to take the world in through the future. If you're a body type, eight, nines, and ones, you're going to take the world in through the present, and specifically, you will be resistant to the present, and that's where the anger comes from. So taking in the world through a filter of time actually really matters Enneagram-wise, but it's hard to get there unless you know everything else. When you respond to the world, you're going to respond with tools from the past, present, or future. Withdrawn types all use past tools. Here are their their relational experiences. Here's the things that they have stored up. Um, Here are the things that they know. Aggressive types are all going to use future tools. Threes, sevens, and eights are focused on what's happening next Thursday. What am I going to do to make sure that I get the attention control and uh, security now that, that I desire? And then the earners, ones, twos, and sixes, are using present tools. How can I help this person? How can I react to that person? Uh, right now is what matters. Being able to name how you come to the world, how you receive the world time-wise, and how you respond to the world with those tools, real, real helpful uh, but it takes a while. Again, you got to be tier three there. Right. And the, the more you study all of this stuff, the more you see all of these different ideas interacting with each other. And I think the orientation to time is actually one of the big ones where you start to see, oh, actually the the coping style and the stance and the way that they interact are all part of our orientation to time. And they all interact together and and all of these things fit in this sort of like dance of understanding ourselves and um and like this is a good place where the 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 gears start to turn and and to start to really uh, illuminate how these things are all part of you and yeah it's a puzzle and the puzzle is coming together If you want to get into any of these topics, I suppose with orientation to time, some of the best stuff is actually what we did. July 1st is uh, 2021. We did a series on this, Uh, just two episodes, but there's, we, we build on all these ideas Mm -hmm. on affect. Like I said, Huritz's book, Dr. David Daniels books, uh, really worthwhile on that front. Um, Wings. Wings is everywhere. Yeah. It feels like just, yeah. Right. One of the things with wings, here's something to do for depth. If you want depth with wings, go for the negative for a minute and go listen to our shadow series 
and notice how your wings work in the shadow. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really interested in this. Wings can be there for balance, but I find that for some of us, we actually really struggle with the sins and fixations of our wings, sure. and that's that's something worth being just aware of as well. Sure. I think that, like, especially considering orientation of time, I think that that this is a, a another good place to to point out that that all of this is about balance. So, like, past, present, and future is th- there's only the three orientations: time and and how you how your particular type sort of holds those three. One of them is going to be how you take in everything. One of them is going to be how you engage the world, and and then there's going to be a third one that you maybe kind of struggle with and. And balance and maturity is a, is about figuring out how to hold those uh, past, present, and future with equal importance. And and just like everything else with the Enneagram, the, there's there's a huge focus on bringing these three things into balance instead of it being this this sandwich that we're all carrying around. All right, we're gonna wrap this up with tier four. All right. Tier four, we've just specially marked subtypes. <laughs> subtypes make everything really complex. Yep. And muddy. Yep. If you go out and you play golf, for most people, you put the ball down and you hit the ball. At some point, you develop the skills of positioning your feet such that you can curve the ball and get the ball to do some some special action. But it takes a ridiculous amount of talent just to hit that ball straight. Right. And for most of us, that's where we're at. Right. Subtypes is like trying to get the ball to curve. Sure. I don't know what other, <laughs> I'm sure there's <laughs> other illustrations for, for this, but it's advanced level thinking on, uh, in terms of Enneagram. So right. what's this, what's skinny on subtypes? Wait five years. Just wait. You have to be a master to get here. Yeah. It just, it, it just is the case. I don't know how else to say that. You just you need to be able to really know everything else to to have this matter right at the level that it should matter. So the basic idea about subtypes is that uh, all of our energies are are being spent in a way that is uh, focused on on social. Uh, so like our, our place in the group, our interactions with other people, focused on self-preservation so like like using my energies to, to to protect myself and the bubble around me or uh sexual or one-to-one and and that's about the individual relationships i have with one other person um so so, so there there's so much to say about this and and the most important thing to say is that this makes everything else more complicated this half of our definition is just going to be warnings. <laughs> For me, I identify as a sexual subtype. That is, I prefer one-on-one relationships, uh, engagements with others. I'm mm-hmm. real good at getting one person at a table and talking to them face-to-face. That's the kind of relationship I prefer. Right. I'm real bad at social engagement where there's a table of 10 people and I'm one of the voices. I'm terrible in that setting. How would you talk through that dynamic? Let's just talk about relationships and we could talk about like things in the home. Mm -hmm. How do you understand subtypes in that context? So thinking about relationships specifically, the the ideas, so you are are a great example of a a one-to-one because because so much of your energy is focused on you with individual people. You're not necessarily concerned as much about your presence in the group, which would be social, like like 
what what tier are you at how how do how does the group see you like all all of this has to do with that social subtype that like it, it's a focus on on me in the context of a larger group and uh that sexual that one-to-one is is very interested in me and this one other person that's across from me so so that is your spouse that is also your your children individually that is you and me that you and i that's a big part of our relationship is that, that you were a one-to-one uh subtype so like when when we're together there's there's a focus on our relationship and um, that that's your parents and and uh, whoever you're across the table from the self-preservation would be much more focused on on making sure that you yourself individually are protected you mentioned things in the home like do you think you think subtypes have you connecting to other things that aren't people yeah absolutely because i, I so i'm a i'm a i identify with nines and i identify more with the self-preservation subtype and uh for me that means that that like my home is a safe space and and there's like i i have created an environment where like my my peace can be found here around me because i am very interested in protecting myself and and finding like putting those energies toward keeping my peace and there are, are social nines who are more social are going to be t- are going to tend to to making peace within the group to to knowing that they have a safe and 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 sort of comfortable environment within the groups that they're in and a, a, a sexual nine will be much more interested in in a peaceful single interaction where their yep. energy is focused on one other person that works someday we'll we'll die i'm sure we'll do a dive into this at some point in the future perhaps you and i should save it for year five of our podcast <laughs> there we go <laughs> Uh, two great resources on this. A lot of the work that's been done in print is by Beatrice Chestnut in her book, The Complete Enneagram. One of the reasons I just have not, I don't have the language and vocabulary yet is I'm just waiting on this. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I suppose in my own gut, I'm like, this just isn't for me yet. Sure. Um, a second wonderful, if you get into podcasts, uh, one of the better Enneagram podcasts out there is The Art of Growth. And in January 2021, they did a three-part series on subtypes, which I thought was really helpful. And again, took no notes, just really listened for myself, kind of moved on. I don't have past tools to remember things that I <laughs> learned. Um, but, but if you want to get into this, The Art of Growth guys, they, they did a great job on this and the podcast is called instincts um worth worth picking up any other recommendations there no i i can't say enough about that beatrice chestnut book it's 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 so good and informative and it really gets into depth of describing the 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 subtypes and how they sort of change the flavor a little bit of each type i suppose she is a podcast as well i i do not know if she if she's covered that um but i imagine that that is something that she focuses on all the time in terms of the few things I've listened to on there. I bet you she goes down that road sometimes. Sure. Those are our four tiers, and that's our first step. So just step one is knowing your type. Obviously, wherever you're at knowledge-wise, you can return to this spot and just say, who am I? How do I come to the world? What's the big thing? And how can I really understand how my type engages relationships, conflict, 
um, problems, success. Uh, what does it look like for me to be centered? Understanding your type is is always just going to be that primary first step. And from there, you can move into all the other things. Yeah, there's no way to really uh, change anything about yourself unless you know yourself. So this is this is the one thing that and and you could stay here forever. You may never advance from this step. Is just understanding and and observing and and getting to know who you really are. Yeah, get comfortable with that language. Get comfortable with the system. You move to step two, which we will cover next week. Well, hey, guess what? What we are starting online events. Yeah. These are going to be regular. This isn't going to be like we're having an online conference. This is more like we're going to be having uh, an online group of folks who come together and really just want to talk about Enneagram, and TJ and I are going to do the work to facilitate that. So if you've wanted to interact for a long time about this material, our first event is June 12th. Fun fact, we already have 16 people signed up in nice. the first day. So very easy to find. Just go to aroundthecircle.org and hit Patreon. Um, it's going to take you to all of the stuff that we're doing in terms of connecting online. Hopefully, if this works, it will be regular, either once a month or potentially once a week. Really, Enneagram work is, as we've said in the past, is individual work that needs to be done in community. And sometimes, as TJ and I have experienced, there's just not a community to do it with. And so online community is a legit option now. <laughs> right. We one of the only thing that good to come out of COVID <laughs> is that everyone understands how to do Zoom calls now. But we're gonna make this special. We're not messing around. We brought in the fantastic Wendy Walcott to show us all the things it does this professionally, and she's bringing she's bringing the pain. It's gonna be amazing. Excellent. So. Not, we're not screwing around. It's not going to be like the guy who's your boss who just figured out you know, how to turn on the computer and now we're Zooming. No, we're not messing around. So find us on Patreon. Uh, June 12th is going to be the first our first event. It'll be the evening of June 12th. We'd love to have you. On top of that, after you have named your type, you know what you should do? You should share this podcast with somebody who also needs to name their type. There's all sorts of friends you have. Giving away step two already. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, step two might be about sharing the material with others and talking shop. (laughs) All of us need a starting place in the things that we care about. If you have friends who are getting into Enneagram, want want to jump into this with you, send them this podcast. And uh, we're going to be building on this next week. And as always, before you go, give us some stars. On Spotify or iTunes. We love those stars. I'm the only one who cares about these stars. <laughs> Man, iTunes doesn't even care about the stars. I thought if we had a thousand stars that, you know, iTunes would care. They don't care. No, they don't care. Apple's already the most famous thing in the world. They don't care about other people being famous. Apparently. It's just part of their <laughs> algorithm. They don't care. I don't I can't figure it out. Why they built an algorithm so that they wouldn't have to care about it. If you know the Apple algorithm, if you send me an email on it. I've looked for this thing for, for countless hours. I can't find it. They're not going to give that to you. That's no. proprietary information. That's what I'm saying. That's how their whole system works. If you're a spy who works at Apple <laughs> <laughs> wants to help our podcast out, send me that so that I know how to navigate these things because we're only eighth on the iTunes. We're number one on Spotify, but we're eighth on iTunes. That's what I got. You got anything else? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's DJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. And I'm Jeff Cook, and we don't know anything about subtypes, but that's okay, because who you aren't isn't interesting.